What's up, sports fans? You're listening to Take 30 with A. Perky, and I am your host, Amanda Perkins. What a crazy past couple days it has been in the NBA. The NBA lottery was this past Monday, and boy, did it bring a lot of questions and it's also setting up a crazy summer that I am just so excited to see what happens, where everyone goes, who drafts who. Man, it was fun to watch and to think I wasn't even going to watch the lottery. <laughs> Silly me. And for today's episode, I'm going to just keep it in the NBA because there's so many things to discuss. I was just like, you know, NFL's kind of boring right now, nothing really going on. NCAA kind of ties into the lottery anyways, so we're just keeping in the NBA. So let's go. Take 30, a perky, episode eight. Like I said earlier, the lottery was on Monday, and of course, all eyes were on Zion. This is probably the biggest draft since LeBron because of Zion. So, And it's also just in time for the new lottery format. Adam Silver... Noticed that there was a problem with tanking within his league and decided to do something about it. And that something was implemented for this lottery. Just so happened to be the lottery that Zion Williamson is in. So before Monday, the top seed, which was the team with the worst record in the NBA, had a 25% chance of getting the first pick. The second worst had a 19.9% chance, and the third had a 15.6% chance of getting that first pick. Needless to say, it was pretty predictable who would get what pick. Um, And I think Adam Silver started to see teams like New York Knicks just tanking. And it's not fair to the game of basketball. It's not fair to the fans who pay hundreds and thousands of dollars to go to these games to go and see a team just not even play just play to lose it's not fair to just basketball fans in general what about those that kid that's never been to NBA game and finally gets to go on but you know they're playing a team that's tanking so it's not a real experience um I I love what Adam Silver did here and the new format so the first three, well, should I say the last three teams, the, the, the three teams with the worst records in the NBA, will all each have a 14% chance of getting that number one pick. And you know what? It looked like it works because <laughs> that lottery was beyond unpredictable No one guessed this. I mean, for months we've been hearing Zion to New York, Zion to New York. Don't ask me why they didn't mention Zion to Cleveland or Zion to the Suns. It was the Knicks for everybody, Zion to the Knicks. And the media had been ramming that down our throats. I mean, they even had Zion in Knicks uniforms, photoshopped it on there. It was the talk of all sports shows. I mean, it it was rammed down our throats, and <laughs> it's kind of funny how things work out. So let me just tell you, I the people who know me know this. I am a New Orleans girl. 
I'm big Saints, Pelicans fans, anything New Orleans, it's all me. So that lottery was insane to watch. I uh, I had it on in the background, and I wasn't really paying attention because I, I just assumed that the Pelicans would get the seventh pick like everybody was saying. So I had it on the background. I just so happened to peek at the TV, and I think it was like the 11th pick, and I was like, oh, Pelicans are still in it. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's not seven yet, so, you know, whatever. I do what I'm I'm actually cooking, so I'm cooking, and then I kind of look over, and the seventh pick, they're revealing the seventh pick, and it's not the Pelicans. And I'm like, oh, nice. You know, we might get the six. They reveal the sixth pick. Nope, not the Pelicans. So I'm like, what? We can get top five? So I call my dad, and I'm like, Dad, are you watching this? He's like, yeah. He's like, if we could get top three, man, that would be nice. Of course, as you guys know, it's the top four. Pelicans are in it. Pelicans, Lakers, Knicks, and Memphis. And I'm like, surely the Knicks will get number one. You know, they have the highest odds of getting it. So they come back from commercial, fourth pick, Lakers. <laughs> We're like, what? We got a top three? Then they do three, the Knicks. So we're, we're really like, oh, my God. We're really about to get a one or a two pick. Sure enough, they show that number two is Memphis. When I tell you I went nuts, it was like the Saints just won the Super Bowl. Me and my parents were going nuts. It was so crazy. I still get like chills talking about it. Yes, I'm a nerd, but I was just so excited because Zion is a franchise changer. So that leads me to the results. As I just said, my Pelicans, the number one pick in the draft with a 6% chance. Wow. So crazy. Then the second smallest or one of the smallest markets with the second pick is in Memphis. Then third pick are the Knicks. Fourth are the Lakers. Fifth belongs to Cleveland. Sixth, the Suns. Number seventh pick is the Bulls. Number eight, Atlanta. Number nine, Washington. And number 10, Atlanta, because they got that pick from the Dallas trade last year, the Luka Trey Young trade. So those are the top five. I'm at top 10. And um, Adam Silver's system worked <laughs> because no one predicted this. And then the, the three teams that actually had the highest percentage, the 14% chance, ended up with the third, fifth, and sixth pick. So you only had one team with a top three pick that were the worst teams in the NBA. This just goes to show you that tanking is no longer a thing in the NBA. I think we've seen the end of tanking, and I think it was a great move by Adam Silver, and it it just prevents a lot of bad things for the game and for the league. So lottery was probably the most interesting lottery ever. (laughs) Everybody was stunned, and the Knicks fans seeing those reactions – I feel for them, but it was really funny to see because, like I said, the media was just Zion Knicks, Zion Knicks for months. (laughs) And turns out it's going to be Zion to the 504. 
which is crazy. I mean, we're all stunned. I mean, everybody's kind of blowing up Zion's reaction. And I personally, he didn't seem, he seemed kind of shocked like everybody else. I mean, anyone who wasn't a Pelicans fan was completely shocked. Pelicans fans, of course, were going crazy, but... Anybody else was stunned that Pelicans, nobody even thought the Pelicans would get that pick. You know what I mean? So everyone was stunned. It was a good night for the Pelicans and for Pelicans fans. So exciting. Unfortunately, the Pelicans fans couldn't really fully enjoy it the next day because the media decides they... uh, They don't like the fact that New Orleans got the number one pick. So now they want to bring up the fact that Zion Williamson has not signed with an agent nor signed a shoe deal. So he could technically go back to school and he could technically refuse to play for the Pelicans. I'm sitting here going, what? Like, it blows my mind that this has gotten this big because it's been the talk since lottery, not oh, what can Zion do for New Orleans? It's been, how can Zion avoid playing in New Orleans? My thing is, yeah, New Orleans, we had Dell Demps. He was a terrible GM. We finally got rid rid of him. Despite that, people are forgetting last year, the Pelicans swept the Portland Trailblazers and then lost to the champs. In the next round, mind you, the Trailblazers are in the conference finals right now. So that blows my mind. And then not to mention, Gail Benson has made the biggest and best move for the organization by hiring David Griffin. This guy is so respected. He's put together an NBA title team. And he is going to be so good for New Orleans. He is going to turn this organization around. He's already made great moves by hiring Aaron Nelson, the former Suns player care president. So he's going to reside over anything that involves player health and making sure these players stay healthy. So Griffin and this guy are very, very highly respected. And from what I understand, players love Gentry. So New Orleans is on the up and up here. And they don't have the biggest scrubs on their team. They have Drew Holiday. Alfred Payton played well. Honestly, last year, they started very, very well until they got plagued with injuries. After that, and then the AD drama, it was just kind of like season done, you know, we're just going to have to rebuild. But um, a lot of good things are happening in New Orleans. And I think with Griffin there, that is huge. And let's not forget that the New York office, the New York Knicks front office is god awful. I mean, they haven't done anything. When was the last time they went to the playoffs? So I, I just got tired of hearing people put down New Orleans and put down the Pelicans because they have gone to the playoffs and they've gone to the second round of the playoffs and they're making the correct moves to make this an organization that free agents would want to go to draft picks would want to play for. They're making new Orleans an attractive basketball city. And honestly, new Orleans deserved this after all AD did. 
And I, I think this could be awesome. This could be really good for New Orleans in basketball because we all know New Orleans is a football city. So I think that Zion being as box office as he is, is going to revive basketball in that city. And honestly, New Orleans fans are crazy. They're awesome. That that arena will be filled every game. And I think Zion will be awesome in New Orleans. It'll suit him. He's a small town kid. I think it's going to be a good thing. So this leads me into the other topic, uh, the hot topic that came out of that night. Anthony Davis. People are like, wow, New Orleans looks attractive now. You know, you got Zion, box office, most hype player since LeBron. You got David Griffin, who knows what he's doing. He's going to revive the organization, and it's going to—it's the sky's the limit for the Pelicans. Does does he stay? Do you think that he finds this to be a good situation to be in now because they're making all the right moves and they've got good young talent coming? Uh, does he stay? My opinion: Nope. I don't think so. I think we deal him. We trade him. He, he's just created so much drama. I don't even know how the fans would ever get over that. And he just doesn't want to be in New Orleans. He's made that very clear. He wore the that's all folks shirt. You know, he just did a lot of damage. And honestly, as, as a fan of the Pelicans, if you don't want to play for us, I don't want you there because you're not going to give 100% effort and you're not going to be locked in. So I say we trade them. Get get some good young assets. Within, with the Lakers getting the fourth pick, it makes them have more assets than before. But I'm liking the, the New York trade. I say we trade them to the Knicks. Get that number three pick. Get Knox. Smith Jr. Get some more draft picks that they have. Because after the third pick in the draft, there's a pretty big fall off. So it's a top-heavy draft. And I say you get R.J. Barrett. Look, if you watched Duke play last year, R.J. and Zion are a lethal duo. They they work very well together, not to mention they're best friends. They're both young. They can build together. They, they can achieve greatness together, and we saw that at Duke. So the Pelicans actually have a little sample size of, look at what these two can do together. I'm liking that New York trade, and another reason I like it is because you ship them to the East. Why would I want to deal them to the West? And then the other option is, like I said, um, Los Angeles, and that would be Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, the number four pick, and the 2022 first-round pick. The thing with that is I think they would also do a deal with Phoenix because Phoenix definitely wants Ball. Um, and so does the Chicago Bulls. So I I don't know how that LA trade is going to go. And Ingram also with his blood clots, is he going to be able to continue to play basketball? And at what level? Because we saw what that did to Chris Bosh. And, you know, that's kind of rolling the dice. I, I do really like Kuzma. And I just don't know who I'd take at number four either. So I, I'm, I'm liking that New York pick a little better. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that would be great for the Pelicans to, to trade with New York. The draft is Thursday, June 20th. 
So we've got about a month until the actual draft, and hopefully, I don't know if y'all heard Zion's stepfather. He was on a New Orleans radio show this morning, and he basically said Zion's not going back to school, so now all the media can shut up about that, and that he's actually pretty excited to play in the New Orleans and in the Crescent City, and he said him and his family are excited to get settled down there. So hopefully the media can shut their mouths and everybody can stop hating on New Orleans and stop bad-mouthing the organization because Zion is going to New Orleans. We just all need to accept it and move on. And yeah, sorry, not sorry. (laughs) On to the playoffs. We are now at the conference finals. We've got the Blazers and the Warriors, the Raptors and the Bucks. Game one has already been played for both, which you kind of forgot the first Warriors game because of all the lottery drama and the fact that it wasn't that great of a game. Honestly, the Splash Brothers did their thing and the Blazers had no answer for it. And the Raptors and Bucks played last night. Raptors were leading majority of the game. Couldn't get it done in the fourth quarter. Bucks come away with the W, so... Warriors Bucks both have a one game lead. Blazers and Warriors are actually playing within the next 20 minutes. So game 2 there. Um just to touch on that Blazers Warriors game because I'll touch on the uh, Raptors Bucks in a little bit. I just don't understand how the Blazers left Steph Curry open. He hit 7 uncontested. Yeah, you heard me right. Uncontested three-pointers. It was literally like they would set a pick. And it didn't even seem like whoever was guarding Steph was even trying to fight through the pick. And Cantor was just like sagging. He wasn't even hedging enough to get a hand in Steph's face. It was a bad display of defense. And if they don't fix that this game, this, this series will be over in four games. Like, seriously, I I know Steph can shoot the ball. He's got a quick release. You know, he doesn't need much space, but at least contest the shot. If you leave Steph open, that's it's over. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if the Blazers make that, that defensive adjustment. They're going to have to if they want to make this even an interesting series. I still have the Warriors winning, but anyways, on to uh, the question I have. Can the Splash Brothers get it done without KD? We did get an update today saying that Kevin Durant is not near playing and uh, he's out for this week and they'll reevaluate him next week. So doesn't look like, I mean, he could miss this whole series, which is ideal for the Warriors because if they can go ahead and just finish the, the Blazers off with just the Splash Brothers, then... That's great because KD can, you know, take his time, get back, and uh, and get to the finals. Um, as far as the question, with Portland, I think they can. The Bucks, possible, but I don't know. The Bucks are such a, a long and tall team. I think KD's length is needed. I think that piece is needed to beat the Bucks because the Bucks are playing really good basketball despite the fact that they did not play well. Last game, um, game one, um, I don't know. I, I think it'll be tough without 
KD, and I think they do need him. So it would be ideal if the Splash Brothers could take care of business uh, against the Blazers. But, uh, yeah, the Warriors are 30-4 and four without KD. Isn't that crazy? 30-4. and four. It, it just feels like they're a faster team without KD, and I feel like the Splash Brothers kind of get back to what they were before KD, which I think they reminded everybody against Houston – how lethal they are. I mean, Steph and Clay are extremely lethal. Uh, game six versus Houston, they had 60 combined points. Versus Portland, they had 62. It's like they just turn the switch on, and it's it's hard to stop. It, it's so fun to watch, and I know a lot of people hate the Warriors, but... We all need to appreciate what we're witnessing with the Warriors because we won't probably won't see another dynasty like this in a while after maybe even this summer. We'll see what happens with KD. I know I know the Warriors are kind of focused on keeping Clay and Steph together. So we'll see, but we need to appreciate what we're watching because they they are just amazing to watch or fun to watch and I don't know how much longer we'll be able to enjoy that along with KD. So everybody needs to stop hating and just enjoy the good basketball that they play. On to the other series. Um, like I said earlier, the Raptors dropped game one to the Bucks, Despite having the lead all throughout three first three quarters and then the fourth quarter, it was like nobody but Kyle, Kyle Lowry could hit a bucket. So it... It was kind of, I mean, if you're the Raptors, you should have had that one. And it's so important to at least steal one, so they need to get the next one. But they had everything going their way. I mean, Kyle Lowry dropped 30 points. He had the best playoff game of his life. We all know he disappears in the playoffs. But when you, if you would have told me Kyle Lowry dropped 30 points, and the Bucks shot 25% from the three-point line, I would have told you that, oh, Raptors won that. Yeah, they got that. Nope. Fourth quarter, they just fell apart. Nobody stepped up. Um, and then not to mention freaking Brooke Lopez drops 29 points and hits four threes. What? That's, that's more points than the last series in all the games combined. For him. <laughs> what? So if if it wasn't for him, the Raptors would have won. Easy. But Brooke Lopez saved the night last night, which is crazy. Who would have even thought that? But um, so uh, that leads me to my prediction. I'm going to go with Warriors in five and Bucks in seven. I think this Raptors-Bucks series is going to be fun to watch. Like I said earlier, the Bucks are just big and long. And it's going to be hard for the Raptors to uh, match up with that. But at the same time, the Raptors also need, I think Serge Ibaka needed to step up last night. I think Siakam settled for jump shots too much. His jump shot wasn't falling. So I think he needed to attack the rim. He attacked the rim and dunked on, I think it was Lopez. It was a nasty dunk, but he should have just kept doing that all night, you know. But he's going to need to do it. All those Raptors players that I just mentioned are going to have to step up along with Kawhi, and Lowry's going to have to play like he played 
yesterday, which I know is a big ask of him, but maybe since he got a taste of it, you know, maybe that'll trigger a playoff Lowry. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, I got Warriors in five bucks and seven. I don't know about you guys. I just think the Warriors, they're tough, man. You think they're down? They're not down. They just say, oh, remember the Splash Brothers? Yeah. So they're about to tip off in a little bit. We'll see how that goes. But that's all I have for you guys this week. I am going to have some guests come on pretty soon. So looking forward to that. hope you guys enjoy that. And I want to try to get guests every so often, just maybe because y'all are tired of hearing just my opinion, you know. But um, that's all I have for episode eight. I'll see you guys next week. We'll have more playoffs to talk. We'll see if any more drama comes out of the lottery and maybe there's a little NFL drama. Who knows? But until next week, enjoy these playoff games. 